Welcome to the Club Leadership Podcast with Jim Weidman and Friends, the original podcast for Next Gen and Kidman leaders. Let's see who joins Jim on this episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Club Leadership Podcast with Jim Weidman. And today, I am so honored to not only have a tremendous leader and uh, a young gun that I look up to, uh, but just a really good friend. And it is great to have Frank Beeler, the Director of Leadership Development at Orange on the Club podcast. Frank, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing better since I'm talking to you, Jim. Like, this is always <laughs> fun for us to get together and talk. And, and you know, I love what you said. You know, it, it's always great when you're talking to friends, right? And you That's mean the world true. to me, and, and you've taught me so much. And so excited to talk a little bit of leadership today. But honestly, it's just good catching up with you, my friend. It is, man. And uh, you've been busy today. You, uh, uh, besides doing this with me, you've been on uh, Facebook Live and talking about your new book. And uh, there's just a lot of good things going on. You know, it's one of these things where... Uh, you know, with social media today and all the marketing that's able to be done, you can give away so much content and really just, you know, be able to speak into people's worlds where they're at. And so the opportunity to do that, you know, no obligation, no cost, just to be able to talk to people and, and talk the real life tensions of ministry and schedules and, and the context of all that's awesome. I love that I get to do it and can't believe I get to, to be honest. Yeah, now this has been a tremendous year for you. You have a new job, uh, which uh, is awesome. Uh, you have a new family member, which yeah. is even more awesome. Yeah. And uh, you, you have uh, a new book and a new home. This is crazy. A lot it's, of new stuff. It's been a full year. You know, we had the wonderful privilege to serve at Elevation Church for, you know, we were there seven years. And Got to see God do some incredible things going from, you know, three campuses to 16 campuses. And that's all just, I mean, unbelievable ministry and getting the lead family ministry there. And then honestly making uh, one of the hardest decisions of our life, making this huge transition to uh, be a part of Orange and all that God's doing here. I mean, we've been tied together for years, you know, serving and working together and, and being at conferences together, Jim. And now the opportunity to take this role and come down here and, you know, move the family, which we moved just recently. And we, as you mentioned, we added a new kid, but not a new infant, right? We adopted a kid. Right. He's a teenager, 15 years old, um, <laughs> started visiting our family in November. And now here we are just, you know, seven, eight months later. And now he's a full-fledged Beeler, part of our family. And that's been, so you know, it's such a unique um, challenge, but then also privilege and blessing. It stretched our family, but he fits right in and we have a lot of fun with that. And so, and then okay, the I got that, a big I get to write a new book. For you. Yeah. I got a big question. Have you converted him to Yale for the volunteers? You know what? He, when he was at his group home, he actually connected with a young man that was a great leader that loved SEC football, but did not love the Tennessee Vols. And so he was a big South Carolina Gamecock fan. And he oh, kind of likes Clemson just because they win a lot. He doesn't like yeah. Alabama at all. I don't know what the well, deal is there, uh, but he won't be a Tennessee fan either. So I guess you and I are okay. Well, we just need to get him at Neyland Stadium. 
<laughs> and get him with the Crimson Tide and that place start rocking like it does. And that'll just about convert anybody. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Uh, but hey, that's one of the biggest challenges we have to overcome. We're doing all right. You know what? That's the truth. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about your book. Uh, this is, this is something that I heard you speak on it. Uh, probably almost two years now. Yeah. And, uh, the myth of balance. And the minute I heard your talk, I said, Oh man, this has got to be in a book. And when it gets in a book, it's going to help and bless a lot of people. And, um, it is just amazing. I appreciate you sending me a copy and I read it. And, you know, when you first look at it, it, it looks like a very small book, but it'll keep you busy for a month. Uh, if you really go through and do everything that it advises you to do, and walk through the thing with a heart to learn. It's just, it's just an amazing resource. Frank. And I appreciate you do it. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, thanks for that, Jim. I mean, even you're buried in the back there. You know, I've got a little insight from you in there yeah. at the back because, um, I wanted to make sure people could see that other leaders were applying this and finding ways to do this already. You know, this wasn't, um, it's not necessarily a new idea. It's, um, some language and a good handle to help people implement this idea. Uh, but, you know, the reality is, few years ago, you know, you're feeling full on at elevation. We're going a million miles an hour. My wife's on staff. I'm on staff. You know, at that point we had three kids and we were starting to feel the tension between ministry and family and how do you manage it all? And how do you not just, you know, burn out and fall apart? And so my wife and I are sitting down going, Hey, something's got to give here. And it's not going to be us give up on ministry and our calling. So what does that mean? What, what's going to change? So we just started getting really practical about how we could get our arms around all that we're responsible for, because it felt like responsibility and demands on our lives were going up. And so yeah. there seemed to be no end in sight. And so honestly, I started by just talking to great leaders and trying to figure out how they were managing it all. And one thing I quickly discovered was when I would ask a question like, how do you stay so balanced? Nobody was implying that they were balanced, just to be honest. Yeah. Like that wasn't, they weren't answering my question. Now they started talking about how they were managing it all. But I quickly discovered that this idea of balance, as best I can tell, doesn't actually exist. And that's so that's the, the name of the book, The Myth of Balance, because as soon as you think you've got your arms around it, as soon as you think you've captured balance, it's gone, right? You're on yeah. to another start. Something changes and it's like, how, how, I thought we had this. And so yeah. I'm the kind of guy that if you, you challenge me to do anything, you know, you give me a big vision about what God wants to do, I'll run after it. But if you ever challenge me to do something that is physically impossible, you know, it's just not achievable, you know, to be two places at once or something like that, I get really frustrated. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Right. And so, this book was us kind of going, wait a second, we've been pursuing something as ministry leaders and ministers of the gospel that doesn't actually exist. We're chasing that's something true. that's not out there. So what do we need to change in the way we approach our, approach our ministry and our lives that will help set us up for success? And basically, the book has this real simple formula, and the book spends all its time trying to help you apply it, get really practical. You know, there's great leaders like yourself in there that talk about how you apply this principle in your world. 
but it's this formula called win this, then that. And it's to say, yeah. hey, there's these things that you know how to do. You've been doing it for a while. You know how to put it on your calendar. You know how to plan for it. Like this call, right? We knew this podcast right. was going to happen, right? We could put it on the calendar. We know when it's going to start, when it's going to stop. But most of ministry isn't that. In fact, the very yeah. things that we signed up for in ministry are the things when people are broken and hurting and need us most, and those don't fit on the calendar. That's and so true. it's how do we plan in advance to manage those wells where, where our family is healthy and sustainable and we're managing all this well. And so the formula win this, then that is an approach to help you as, as whether it be as a husband, wife, or if you're single, if you're trying to manage your friendships and family and responsibilities and kind of set some boundaries to do just that. In fact, you mentioned the book. It's kind of, you know, I hope it's kind of tiny and powerful. You know, it's kind of yeah. unexpected, yeah. but the book was actually much longer and we were sitting down and, and I kept talking to the team here at Orange saying, I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to help people. And at some point I said, I don't know if everybody's going to read it. You know, people buy books right. and it makes them feel good. They bought a book, right? But they got to read it and do something with it. <laughs> and so I said, well, let's start hacking away at this thing. Let's make it kind of more like a handbook. Let's get it real short. Under 100 pages was my goal. I think we got down to 83 or something like that. Um, but we whittled it down to where it's got a handful of workbook pages, really simple principles, really practical. And then on the website, you'll actually be able to go mythabalance.com and you can see other people's formulas. So as we learn how to manage the different unique tensions that we all face, they're all unique. We can actually post those for other people to benefit from them. And oh, so it's this great. idea. So almost like the book will grow, but it's only going to grow in content based on the basic, simple, practical ideas that people are applying in their ministry. And Jim, you mentioned you heard this a couple of years ago. That's when we started struggling through it, you know, three, four years ago at Elevation <laughs> and if something has to give. So we started working on a plan then and then we started testing it with all of our right. staff and, you know, spent a couple of years. And, and you were one of the first people to tell me that needed to become a book. And I just thought it was a blog post. You know, it was just an yeah. idea. And no. you were the one that was like, no, this is this is not necessarily simple. It's a simple concept, but to actually apply this and work through it, it's got to be thought out. And so you kind of helped me go down that journey of, of figuring this out. So thank you for that, Jim. Well, you know, the whole, the two things that, you know, number one, stress is real. Yeah. And, uh, and stress isn't always a bad thing. I mean, it is a one, you know, uh, I, I cannot see if my bicycle tires are great unless they're under stress. And right. once I put them under stress, then I know whether it's safe for me to put my big self on those tiny little bicycle uh, tires. And so stress can be a wonderful test of our readiness to handle things. Uh, and, you know, the other thing I've noticed, you're paid by how much stress you're under. Right. Uh, you know, there's a difference in what a brain surgeon makes and what a, a you know, the, uh, you know, a nursing assistant makes because you can't kill anybody with a bedpan. Right. Uh, and, and so stress, uh, if it's managed right, but the problem with ministry is words like busy and big and all these things, those definitions keep changing. Yeah. And so for us to be able to do that, coming up with, uh, you know, a system like you've done, 
uh, just makes all the difference. And I like, uh, I like that word reclaiming your life. Yeah. And that phrase that you're using in the book, because, uh, it's not balance. It's reclaiming and taking back time. You know, at Orange, we're all about Deuteronomy 6, and it's all about, uh, you know, there the Lord told us what to do with the time we have with our kids. And we've let the work of the ministry and all these other things really be one of the steepers that causes us to be able to be the influencers of our family. So I love what what you've done. Tell us the starting place in all this, because a lot of people, uh, I know the, the first thing is for everybody to get the book, and they can, can they get the book at the website? Yeah, just go to mythabalance.com. There's always, you know, promotions, and if you buy it here, then you get this special discount, or you get this, um, you know, extra, you get an audio book, or you get this extra file, or you know, so that'll be the best place to find out the best price and best incentives of other additional content provided when you buy the book, mythofbalance.com. That's great. And then also, uh, besides buying the book, you're, you're doing something starting in July that just uh, sounds amazing uh, to help people not only just process the book, but apply it. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're doing a, an online workshop um, through Facebook. It's free, you know, for, for eight weeks. And, you know, we know people have vacation schedules and they'll have to miss and catch up. And, you know, we'll save everything there. So it'll be a good home base for us. But over the course of eight weeks, the plan is for us to talk through very practically how do you apply this and let people have an opportunity in each session to simply ask questions of their context, because the reality is, I would say that my schedule at Elevation was insane, busy, crazy. It was a challenge, but it's actually no less challenging, in my opinion, to the church planner and all their yeah. schedule and all they got going on. And they may be, they may not even started yet. They haven't even got the people coming through the doors yet, but it's so demanding and taxing. But when you get practical about this, um, it takes a little help. I think, to really apply it and navigate it. And one of my biggest fears in writing content and doing leadership is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I don't want people to buy a book or buy a resource because it makes them feel like they're doing something about their ministry right. and leadership, but actually apply it. And I don't know about everybody that's listening, but for most of us, we'll apply it better if we do it with some other people. And so right. I thought, hey, once again, this book is written to help people keep it short, which was hard for me because I thought there were some yeah. good stories in there and content. And, you know, I, I like what I wrote. And then to sit there and watch it all kind of get chopped yeah. up and end up where it was. But that was what was best for the people applying it. And so the same with this, this workshop. There's no end game. There's no other product coming. It's just a book. And you can even without the book. Tune into the workshop so we can genuinely get very practical about helping one another. So you just go to mythabalance.com. You can sign up for the, um, for the workshop. I think literally you put your name and email address in, and then you'll get a link to the Facebook page. It's a closed group, and you just get added to that group, and there, there you are. And we'll be working through that together. I'll be recording a video every single week, and then we'll do a Q&A where I'll be answering questions submitted through there directly specifically talking through the issues that apply in different contexts. 
That's great. Now that starts July 10th. Is that July right? July 10th. Yep. They can sign up July now. 10th. I'm actually going to provide some bonus content between now and then. And I mean, there's already a couple hundred people in that group oh, just for this so one cool. thing. And so we're hoping, you know, a audacious goal for us would be to have 500 leaders starting with this and just kind of diving in this together. Once again, in the free group, doesn't cost anything, but just we want to help leaders with this concept. And Jim, like I said, you helping me and encouraging me to get it turned into a book was so helpful because ultimately that's all I wanted it to do. It was an idea that, you know, I was laid on mine and my wife's heart. And we just wanted to make sure other people were challenged and encouraged by it. Yeah. Now there, uh, Really, another inspiration is um, the app, uh, When This, Then That, um, that uh, I know you had talked about doing that. And and what made you think about doing that with your own family? Yeah, so the, the unique thing about the app or that principle is if this, then that. And yeah. so it's a nuance of change, but it was really important for me. So when I was trying to put down the the title and work, work through this formula, I had when, like I had, had not come up with the phrase when this and that I was just writing down scenarios in my life that we had learned how to navigate. So when we do an interview, then we do this as a family. And so it was like, here's how we do, you know, you mentioned in the book, Jim, about how you manage birthdays and how, you know, I know you've got a rule kind of, if one of your kids' birthdays falls on a church day, they kind of get the whole week, yeah. you know, there's some kind of fun, yeah. fun things like that. But it's, it was the principle of when this happens, then that happens. And so yeah. then I wrote when this, then that. And then when I saw it, I thought, oh, I've got this wrong. It's if this, then that I'll play off this thing that's out there in the market for apps and all how it all works. And then I realized something in ministry. If you plan for the stuff that if it happens, probably won't happen, but if it happens, you'll that's go right. crazy. Because you can't think of every scenario. So, for example, do you need to think of um, a a rain situation if you're doing vacation Bible school? Of course. That may not happen this year, but that's going to happen. So when that happens, what do you adjust or do? Certainly. But if it happens would be, well, if every cell phone tower and the Internet goes (laughs) down in the entire state of Georgia, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know how you could plan for that. You know, there's little crazy things like that. So. It's not a matter of planning for the ifs, because I don't even know where to begin. But for the wins, the things you know they're going to happen, you just don't know when they're going to happen next. So, for example, I give an illustration in the book about my wife and I doing these interviews, these final interviews for Elevation, trying to help make sure families are fit for staff. And so when I would do those interviews, which was really important for the church, that was another night away from my family that kind of came up (laughs) randomly. And I was already gone a lot, you know, traveling and busy and and doing things. And so I would call home and tell my kids, hey, I got an interview tonight, which meant we're not going to be home again. And now mom's not coming home either. And so they would say, be bummed. And I'd say, I'm sorry. And they'd be like, well, it's okay. And, you know, it kind of be this mopey time. Well, we changed it. And we said, well, what? we don't know when the next interview is going to be. But when that interview comes up, when we need to hire again, what could we do for our family? And we decided that. From now on, we wanted to make sure that the interviews didn't go too long because I tend to talk a lot, Jim. I, I think you do too. Uh, <laughs> These so windy, we, windy folks. Yeah, that's right. We could sit there and talk all night and talk ministry, but our family needs us, right? So 
we've set a rule. When we have an interview, then the kids get to go to the same restaurant, they sit at a different table, and they get to order an appetizer and a dessert, which if you have kids, that's a really big deal. You know, you don't <laughs> order that, you're in and out, right? Because it right. hurts your budget and you don't want to get your kids crazy where the waiter and waitress hate you. So you got to get in and out. So now when I call home, I'm like, hey, I've got an interview tonight. Instead of it being negative, it's now a very positive thing and an exciting thing for our family. So yeah. it's not like I can't treat every exception in ministry, every wedding, every funeral, everything that comes up that they're not always on the schedule. They don't always plan out the way we expect, but they're going to come up, right? I can't right. plan for everything perfectly, but for some of those things, when I know they're going to happen, I just don't know when. Why should I treat those as crazy and as surprising as every cell phone tower in Georgia going out and interfering with yeah. a plan for camp? You know, we throw yeah. them in the same category because we don't plan. So what if we started to plan for the things we know they're going to happen? We just don't know when the next one's going to be. And that was a shift for us as a family, a shift our perspective. And we didn't do it with every single thing. It would have driven us crazy. But we yeah. started to do it with the things that we knew were coming up regularly, creating yep. unique tensions in our home with our family and friends, the things that were shifting our schedule around, but weren't necessarily full-on surprises. Yeah. And it was a game changer for us. That's so good. You know, when I teach time management, I tell people one of the first principles you have to get to is act like your time really does belong to you. Uh, you know, we talk about your time, uh, but we don't always do that with our family time. Uh, we don't always do that with those repetitive things like you were saying that we know they're going to happen because uh, they happen all the time. But having a game plan for that is such a game changer. And that's so cool. Give me, give me another one uh, that that you came up with uh, that when this happens, what was your response? Yeah, so I started sort of having the privilege to travel, whether it be with Orange or whether it be with other opportunities to speak and travel. And honestly, that's another example, Jim, where you help me navigate and learn <laughs> how to manage ministry and manage, manage those opportunities as well. And so it became another one where, wow, I get this phone call for this amazing opportunity. What a privilege to go do ministry at this place or that place. But at the same time, that was throwing off our family again. Another week, everything out of whack. So we made a rule when I traveled um, that the goal would be for me never to be gone more than two nights. And yeah. my kids were younger at that point, And I just kind of had to drill in to go, you know what? We've noticed a breaking point that happens on that third night gone. It just it, it hits a point where it's just very hard on our family. And that was a rhythm for our family. Every family's different. But for us, so the rule was do everything you can to keep it at two nights or less. One night's even better. But also, which may mean an earlier crazy flight for me, but still best for our family. <laughs> um, so two nights. And then the other rule as part of that was the next night I was home. So right. if I was scheduling things so tight where I was gone two nights, but then the next two nights were booked that just happened to be in my city, then yeah. I probably need to say no to that opportunity because right. that wouldn't be wise for our family. So now when ministry opportunities were coming our way to do unique, great opportunities in ministry, we already had a filter yeah. for how we made decisions. So we said, when I was gone two nights, then I was home the next night. If that wasn't going to be able to happen, 
then there was a very real prayerful conversation that included the whole family around whether we should pursue that opportunity or not, because it may have just in this season not been wise. I think a lot of young leaders, um, when they get invited to an opportunity, they're just so grateful that they take that opportunity, which I think is great. And you got to find some way to figure that out. But if you don't have a plan in advance, every opportunity seems like a great opportunity but it could hurt your family in the meantime, your friendships and your relationships. So having a filter in advance for how you make that decision and how you respond once you do make that decision is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, if you're going to travel, you've got to have uh, some some rules established for your family. And, uh, you know, I, I, I laugh at all the airline miles that I've had over the years, but I've spent them with my kids because uh, we had a rule that if I went to certain cities, they got to go too. And and uh, yeah. uh, there's nothing like going to Disney uh, and hanging out before or after that'll make somebody glad their daddy booked Orlando. So uh, right, it's kind right. of fun. You know, one of my favorite stories uh, – was this year on the orange tour in Richmond. Uh, and you and I got to be there together and we just made this mad dash everybody to get home to our families after being gone that day. And we were sitting at the restaurant and, uh, it was you and me and you looked like the all American boy. And I looked like I was wearing my orange redneck hat and, um, uh, sitting there, we had another fella with us with a gigantic fro. And oh, then, Kellen. Kellen, oh, Kellen Moore was there. Yep. Kellen yep. was there. And then who's the little guy from California that looked like a, oh, a beetle? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, from Boys Youth yeah, Institute. So yeah. he had the little uh, beetle so boots. Him, and then you had Kerry Newhoff from Canada. Yeah, he just dropped and, in. And yep, the people and next, together. the people next to us, <laughs> it, you know, kind of broke in our con- congregation, and they saw the all-American guy, a Canadian a guy with a giant afro, the Californian beetle, and the redneck all together, and they said, "Obviously, y'all really like each other, and y'all must work <laughs> together in somehow. But you are the five most different people." hanging out together <laughs> so true and so i true. have laughed about that because you know we love eat you know every one of us just hit it off and we're having the best you know that was one of the most enjoyable dinners of the whole orange tour and yeah, it was, it was just funny that uh, the people next to us thought it was the weirdest thing they'd ever seen yeah, and you know, I didn't think about it until they pointed it out. But as soon as they pointed it out, it sure was a, yeah. a unique group of people yeah. for sure. And I think that kind of <laughs> let sums up the Orange family, uh, you know. Yeah, and it's amazing sure. how you can be so different, and and that's what this book does. It brings everybody together about the idea that something needs to happen for the family to to keep you on course uh because it's going to get weird and uh yeah and just reclaiming that life and that's what what I'm so excited about the book finally becoming a reality and uh, after going through it and looking at it it's just amazing how you know you're going to continue uh to let people know about this and get them to walk it out. And it's just so practical. And uh, 
that I'm so excited about uh, getting help spread the word about. So yeah, thanks so much, Jim. It's yeah. it's it really is so refreshing and and exciting to see it come to life and already hear stories. And I will tell you, so we've heard lots of positive stories. We found out about staff that are doing it together because there's not a tone of saying you should work less. Yeah. So I don't think it makes, you know, church planners and season, uh, you know, senior leaders being like, oh, gosh, what he's saying is, you know, leave at five o'clock every day. No conversation right. because that's not practical in ministry anyway. Right. So it's not that's not the tone of the book. The tone is ministry has lots of tensions to it. Let's figure out together how to manage that. And with that posture, it's something that you can do as a staff without it creating, you know, problematic tensions for the staff and the leadership and where it goes. So so that's really exciting about, you know, once again, what could be and should be for ministry leaders. But I'll tell you at the same time, Jim, maybe something I didn't quite as expect. Um, but, you know, I'm growing as a leader and learning, and I probably should have saw this coming <laughs> in, in our, even in our workshop group, I'm already seeing people like, you know, I just sent out a video the other day and said, tell me where you're from, tell me your world. And you can hear the brokenness yeah. in some people that are just, they're full on maxed out and just thankful to have a little help to navigate it. Yeah. And so it's, it's a privilege to be able to speak into it, but also don't take that very lightly. You know, this yeah. is, this is serious what we're doing because most ministry leaders are out within five years. They throw in the towel. That's the new, new statistic that just came out just a year or two ago, Jim, Yeah. five years and they're done. Yeah. Because, and I think the biggest challenge is the schedule doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit the rest of what we're used to here in America. And so it's just this unique tension that we face that you don't know how to manage it. It's hard to manage and communicate expectations to family members and friends and all those pressures stack up and people are just saying, you know what, this is, it's already hard. Yeah. And now you throw in the unique dynamics of schedule and time and people are throwing in the towel. Yeah. And so we got to help them, you know, yeah. and, and it helps me. And I'll be honest, I get it wrong sometimes. I'm still trying to figure it out. But at least, at least now I have a filter to think a little differently. And so now maybe I see my mistake sooner, hopefully. Not that I don't always make a mistake with my family or, or those that I lean in on and love, but at least I see the gap sooner and I can, and I can work to fix it uh, for the next time. Yeah. It's just, it's just so neat. And uh, I'm excited. So once again, if you want to get the book, uh, find out more information, get that extra content, go to mythofbalance.com and uh, also sign up before July 10th for the special uh, eight-week Facebook Live workshop. And, you know, it's just like everything else we do at Orange. Everything's better with community. Everything's That's better right. with others and learning together and and the things that we learn from one another, uh, that iron sharpeth iron, uh, it's just amazing. And uh, we're kicking off something new at Orange. Uh, talk just a minute before we uh, go about you lead and uh, yeah. you lead coaching. And I'm excited about getting to be a part of this. And um, it's something we've dreamed about for several years, but you have been given the wonderful task of putting feet to this vision and uh, pulling it off. And so tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, we've got a lot of great leaders involved, yourself included, for the last almost four years, about three and a half years now. 
Um, there's been this this dream about structuring a part of the Orange Ministry to kind of cross party lines. It doesn't matter what curriculum you use, where you're right. at. You know, we we obviously believe in this strategy, but the reality is, leaders need help being leaders and navigating all the unique tensions in ministry. And we believe that there are some key principles, these key kind of plates you got to keep spinning all the time as family ministry leaders. But the reality is on any given week or day, your pressure is being pulled toward one key plate and it'll let the others drop. And then you have to go back and clean up your mess and start over. And so you lead has been our effort and in branding and thought to constantly find ways to equip staff members to do ministry better, to feel supported, to not have to reinvent the wheel all the time. And we're now ready to launch You Lead Coaching. And so I'm actually leading my first group uh, starts in just a week or so. And so I'll be navigating a group of 11. We're keeping them small. These are small groups of leaders with a key coach, really living in those five principles and getting really practical about how to keep those plates spinning. There's monthly calls and videos. People can find out more by going to YL for you lead, ylcoaching.com. We're going to release it in a big way this fall at tour, kicking off those courses in January. And so there's lots more to come. Everybody needs to kind of keep their eyes and ears open for that. But it's our way to strategically make sure people learn in a group together in community that they're equipped by some of the brightest and sharpest ministry leaders out there. And so even in groups, one of the things I love what we're doing is that even though I may be the primary coach of this next-gen group that I'm doing um, throughout the course of just the next six months, we've got so many ministry leaders sharing their insight and wisdom on topics uh, that I think everybody will be better because of that. I know I'll learn some things. And then instead of giving coursework and a lot of assignments, one of the things I'm excited about is everybody's supposed to bring one or two things that they're wanting to move forward in their ministry that we collectively as a group can support help push at and find ways to improve to make sure that launch is successful or that relaunch that initiative or strategy is successful. And so really excited about it. I think it's once again, really practical. The you lead concept is kind of just going to another level of engagement and it's got the power of amazing, amazing leaders. Those voices you see speaking at conference at orange conference and just key ministry leaders are part of it. So it's off to a great start. We've kept it real small up to this point. Everything's full, uh, but we'll be kicking it off in a big way this fall for a January 1 launch. That's so great. And it's not too early to sign up for Orange Tour. I know I've already uh, sent in the cities that I want to be a part of, and, and yeah. Orange Tour this year is just going to be awesome. And, oh yeah, it, yeah. it's um, it, it's um, I'd say it's got a slightly different flavor to it this year yeah. than what we've done in the past. We're fleshing out. In fact, I got a meeting about that later today. Um, I'm excited about the voices, the approach this year. I think it's going to be really, really powerful for people to have their whole whole teams there. This is really going to be an orange tour where it's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. You know, you come back from a conference and you you know you've You've done what you can do. You come back, you cast vision and ideas and strategies, but you know, you feel like you get it halfway there, but you still got some people looking at you kind of like you're crazy. 
Yeah. And I think Orange Tour is going to be the way it's positioned is there's going to be a lot of aha moments for fellow staff members and senior leaders because of our partnership with Andy Stanley and the Deep and Wide yeah, Tour, which is going to couple against Orange Tour, which is exciting. And then volunteers to see, oh, that's what you meant when you said this. Let's go get right. it. And so I'm excited about what could be and should be for that. We're going to be in 20 cities again this year. Man. And so we're, we're continuing to just try to reach out and go, uh, you know, where, where people could use some help and support. Yeah. And so it's going to be a fun, fun time this fall for sure. So we'll get everybody, all these ministry leaders through their summer camps and VBSs, and then we'll be catching up again with them this fall. So Nate, thank you so much. Uh, Frank, for being a part of the club leadership podcast. And uh, once again, if you want to connect with Frank, you can uh, do so at the myth of And uh, it's just always a joy to talk to you. And uh, I'm looking forward to all the things we get to do together in the coming future. Thanks for listening to the club leadership podcast with Jim Weidman to continue the conversation online, go to kidmancoach.com and click on the club group. For more information about Jim, his blog, books, and resources, as well as his infused coaching program, go to jimweidman.com. At Jim Weidman Ministries, we're committed to building strong leaders.